God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do you have an expectation that what God has said will actually come to pass? That's what hope is, an expectation of fulfillment. Sometimes people shrug and say, well, I hope so. That is usually an expression of doubt. In the world today, we have so much to be challenged by that our expectation, our hope of being safe and provided for has definitely been challenged. What do you hope in? Where is your expectation? Do you believe that the government will take care of you? Do you believe your bank account will take care of you? Do you believe you are prepared enough for the coming future? Where is your hope? If your view of the future is becoming a dim or dark one, what I have to say in today's episode may brighten your future. Give a listen. I have had my share of dark and dreary days. Days where my expectation of the future was, will I have one? I have looked forward only to see a wall. I have tried to look beyond a present moment of despair, but have not seen any way out. But then God takes me by the hand, lifts me up, and holds me close. Or he gently calls out my name that causes me to turn away from despair and look unto him and have hope. So the question I pose to you today is, do you have hope or despair? There are words suspended in the air, words that only bring despair. I have to guard where I look, because those words deny God's book. Where can I find hope for today? What will bring me joy instead of sorrow? With all the despair, how can I cope? How can I find a reason to hope? But as I turn my gaze to his throne, I remember he has made me one of his own. And as I sit there nestled in his arms, I remember he will save me from all harm. Though I have been touched by the feeling of pain, it no longer can hold me like a chain. I have decided to hold on to what I have read. The world offers despair, but I choose hope instead. The sky is falling, the sky is falling. So proclaimed Chicken Little. And even though an acorn had fallen on Chicken Little's head, everything else in the world was just fine. So is the sky falling in your world? There are definitely things that have fallen. There are definitely things that are going awry, to say the least. But do the challenges of the world around you negate the promises of God? Take a moment to ponder the truth set in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. 
which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that which in the veil. God made a promise to Abraham. That is one of the immutable things, his promise. Then he confirmed that promise with an oath. That's the second immutable thing. If God makes a promise, it has to come to pass because God cannot lie. If God swears an oath, he must fulfill it because he cannot go back on his words. Because of these characteristics of God, we can have a strong consolation or comfort that God will do what he says, which brings us hope. And that hope is an anchor for our souls. The words of despair endeavor to literally blow us away. They try to move us away from trusting God and believing he will do what he says. But the hope spoken of here that God cannot lie and that he will fulfill his promises can keep us strong. It can keep us safe from being turned away to lies. As children of God, we have amazing promises that are ours because we have been brought into the family of God by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus rightfully holds the title as Savior because through him we have salvation. And salvation is more than just a ticket to heaven. It is wholeness mentally and physically, as well as spiritually. I can't begin to count the promises of God contained in the Bible. I've heard many numbers bounced around, but whether it be hundreds or thousands, there are so many that it will take eternity for all of them to unfold. Let's consider the promises we find in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. In verse 5 we are told not to be covetous, but to be content. This is an admonition to not let greed and lust control our life. And I find it interesting that God combines this admonition to not be covetous with, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He promises his presence will not depart. A great study in the Old Testament is the phrase, the Lord was with him. When the Lord shows up, all the resources of heaven show up with him. So what need do we have to be covetous? And verse 6 says, we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. It's very easy to be caught up in doing the work of the Lord and serving him that we forget that he is helping us. He is with us, working in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. There are many translations that translate the last phrase of verse 6 as a question. Shall I fear what man can do to me? If the presence of the Lord is with you, and he is your helper, what should we fear? It reminds me of Romans 8.31, If God be for us, who can be against us? My prayer right now is that the words of despair in your life are beginning to fade and fall to the wayside. 
you have a promise of his presence and his help. That should bring hope of a bright future closer to your hearts and to your reality. Despair cannot bully us as we claim these promises of his presence and help and recognize these promises of God are bigger than our problems. Recognizing God's faithfulness to his promises is one of the first steps to becoming confident in them. We know he will truly back them up. These characteristics of God are spoken of in Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Men lie all the time. Even with multi-page contracts, they will not do what they said they will do. What God has said, he will do. What he has spoken, he will make good. He is faithful to his promises. What promise do you need in your life right now for him to fulfill? Will you continue to be chicken little and be afraid that the world is coming to an end? Yeah, we may be in the end times. Yep, we may be persecuted for our faith. And yeah, the world may hate us. But we've been warned that if we live in the world, we would suffer tribulation or mental pressure. But with that warning, we were promised by Jesus, the Son of God, that he has overcome the world and therefore we can be of good cheer. No more despair. In the time of Elijah, there came a man named Ahab to be king over the ten tribes of Israel. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. God sent Elijah to tell Ahab that there was going to be a drought. After delivering the message, God sent Elijah to protect him to a special place where he had ravens bring Elijah food. This is definitely in the realm of the miraculous. Now you have to ask yourself, do I really believe that what the Bible says is true? Do I really believe that God can command birds to pick up food items and take them to a certain place and drop them off so I can be sustained? Some people would say, this is a fairy tale or a myth or an outright lie. If you have ever seen God work in your life or in the life of someone else, then you have evidence and hope that God is real along with his word and his promises. The records in the Old Testament and in the Gospels are written to give us testimonies of God's faithfulness to his word. It says so in Romans chapter 15 verse 4. So whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Hope does not come usually from watching the evening news. I don't care what network you watch, hope comes from the patience and comfort of the scriptures. So let me ask you this question. Are you spending most of your time on the news or on the scriptures? In Isaiah chapter 61, there is a prophecy concerning the Messiah and what he would do. There are many wonderful things that the Messiah will provide. Let's look at it starting in verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, 
because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. To start with, the Messiah will be anointed to preach good tidings to the meek. He will bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to the bound. But it doesn't stop there. He's going to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and then a future statement about the day of vengeance. And then, to the heart of what I would like to speak about, he's going to comfort all that mourn. And he's going to give beauty for or instead of ashes. He's going to give the oil of joy instead of mourning. And he's going to give a garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. And with these new greater qualities of life, those that receive from him will be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, and then God will be glorified. So there's promises of beauty and joy and praise and more, and it's available for faith in God and his Son. We can stay with despair and with the ashes and the mourning and the heaviness, and instead of being a tree of righteousness, well, we can be a dead log. We have a choice of what we will think and focus on. What will be your choice today? Hope or despair. As I have said many times, I have chosen not to watch the news because it dumps a bunch of despair on me, most of which I can't do anything about other than pray. So I simply choose to pray at the outset and not burden myself with the despair of what's on the news. In Romans chapter 12, verse 12, the first phrase says, we are to be rejoicing in hope. So we have a choice. Will we rejoice in hope or will we complain in despair? The verse continues and says, we're to be patient in tribulation. Patience is that virtue to hold up under the mental pressure of despair. Will we give in to the challenge or not? The last phrase of Romans 12.12 is, continuing instant in prayer. It's better understood as continuing steadfastly in prayer or to endure in prayer. Rejoicing in hope sets the stage. It is the environment we should live in. And while we're in that environment of hope, we have been warned that tribulation or mental pressure will come and we need to be patient. And to finish off the thought in this verse, we are to always be steadfast in prayer. You've been called as God's child, so you have something to rejoice in. And as his child, you have his promises. 
It's time to claim his promises, knowing and having trust in him that he will fulfill them. That is our hope.